0: Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society, and I'm your host here on these podcasts. This week we're featuring an interview with Ed Drew. Ed runs an organisation called Faith in Kids, and as you'll hear, he is passionate about children's ministry uh, in churches and also in the home. This is a great pleasure for me because Ed is someone I've known for a very, very long time. Ed, we first met doing summer camps for teenagers. Um, I don't know how many years ago.
1: It's certainly more than half my life ago.
0: (laughs) Well, I won't ask you how old you are um, and, and therefore how long that is, but it is a long time ago. And I think even then it was pretty noticeable that you enjoyed spending time with the kids a lot more than I did. Was that your first experience of doing youth and children's work?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, On those summer camps was my first experience of running a Bible study, giving a talk, talking to someone about Jesus one to one. And and all of those things were done with young people. Uh, And I when I started working for a church, I didn't mean to be in children's work. And at that point i would say the only children young people i'd met were my three nieces and those young people at summer camp Uh, i hadn't been a teacher uh, so and there was no grand plan the lord is kind and he had a grand plan
0: yeah he obviously knew uh what your gifts were and where to put you uh and he does do that in extraordinary ways um you now run an organization called faith in kids um, so that is trying to do something uh, to help children's work, not just in your church, but around the UK. Why do you think um, that needs to happen? Why why do we need to do better in children's work in our churches?
1: Uh, I think the, the situation uh, in the UK is uh, terrible. And that is... Very few churches have any children over the age of seven. So many churches can keep children essentially when they're too small to not walk in the door. After they start to have an opinion, churches mostly lose them. If you're in a church with more than three over 11s, you are in a sort of league of excellence in the country. So if you have a viable children's and youth work in your church, And by viable, I mean your child has a friend of their age group that that makes you an extraordinary church. It also seems to be statistically true that if a church doesn't have children, young families, normally it doesn't grow. So there is something about what young families bring. You could argue it's also about the mindset that church leadership has, that if they're attracting them, they have that sense of we want to grow this.
0: Yeah, so it could be correlation rather than necessarily causation, yeah, yeah. But, but it seems to be um, by observation that those things go together. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so clearly if, if churches are not growing, that's something that really yeah. matters. And if growing yeah. seems to correlate with having children and young people, yeah. Yeah. then that really matters. And it is quite shocking um, to think that there are so few churches that actually have children and young people at all. Why, why do you think that is? Is that getting worse? I mean, I feel like it might be, but I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, there are some people who, who have read more studies than me but the impression I get is that I don't, um, although I do know of churches who simply say we will not have children in our church, they are they are a tiny minority. I think generally, uh, I think it is our, our culture has gently changed. Uh, our culture is no longer as warm to Christian things as it was. And I think that means that children are growing up with far less understanding of what church is, of who Jesus Christ is. And so church is an alien place for those children and, and probably now their parents as well.
0: Well, I was going to say that it seems like this is a thing that's been happening for yeah. at least one or two generations now. And so, I mean, it's great if there are still parents who are pushing their children who are too small to walk into church. But I, I guess even that is probably happening less because they're a generation who didn't grow up going to church.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. that that's true. Uh, It is also interesting. A survey last year in the UK asked UK regular churchgoers, Christians, uh, when did you become a Christian? A third of them answered under five. Uh, The next large chunk, probably a further 15 percent, said five to ten. And then three quarters of those churchgoers said they became Christians under 18. So that becomes significant because I'm not saying it, it clearly in the Lord's kindness, you could have any age come to Christ. But if the norm in this country at the moment is that three quarters of our churchgoers are are saying they became Christians under the age of 18, you've effectively got very few to work with if you're missing that demographic. So if you are not speaking to the lives of children in particular, uh, you, you know statistically you are up against it you are up against people becoming christians if you lose that demographic
0: Mm. yeah so it it is serious um and those statistics make that very clear but i guess many of us will also know that to be true from our experience particularly those of us who are not in in big churches Um, absolutely so how can that change
1: I, th- I think the encouraging thing to say is is the Bible The Bible, first of all tells us that these statistics will happen. So the Bible uh, through the Old Testament told God's people, start with your kids. There are proverbs we know that say, start with your kids. And Jesus said, start with your kids. So so the first thing to say is the Bible tells us if you don't start with your kids, you end up with a weaker church. So uh, it's encouraging that our discouraging position is what the Bible tells us will happen. Secondly, Uh, the Bible tells us how to do children's work. Uh, Start off a child in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. So you start a child off with Jesus Christ and according to godly divine wisdom, normally they'll keep going with Jesus Christ. And uh, generally parents, teachers and a whole heap of other people understand how to love and care for children and that is the normal way of all Christian ministry is God gives us a heart and a love and a care for those we are ministering to. So I I think I spend quite a lot of my time saying to people, please don't be scared of children's ministry, youth ministry. Uh, They may present differently. They may not start with the same conversations about the weather or the quality of the coffee after church. Uh, But if you understand a little of how children and young people are different, then you can care for them and show them Jesus Christ in significant ways, in a way they can respond to and engage with. So a large part of my time is spent saying, do the normal things uh, and and find who you have in your church who wants to make a start with these things. I I ran a training day in Yorkshire recently uh, for those who are leading the children's work in their local church. And there were three women over the age of 60 from one church, and that church had no children in it. And, and those three had... <laughs> It's delighted. I was delighted to find out they had a very encouraging day. It's, for me, I thought it was quite a tough gig to be training three women how to lead children's ministry when they have no children. But, but they were simply there because they wanted children in their church and they wanted to hear everything they could be doing about it. And I... I find it hard to imagine that God won't bless their effort, their energy, their desire, their willingness to put themselves out to grow the kingdom.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's be praying uh, that God does send those women, some, some children uh, to lead. Um, so you were running a training day. So that is part of, of what you do, I think, at yep. faith in kids, is, is not just um, train people, but also train people to train people. Why is that so important?
1: Uh, we've faith in kids... We've decided to focus on two groups of people, those who lead children's ministry in the local church and parents. So we think those are the two groups who, who can most influence the lives of children in church and out of church. Those who lead children's work, uh, they are significant because children's work is, is, an, is a ratios game. Unlike every other ministry, you need to have a lot of adults to do children's ministry. So for a creche, the recommended ratio is one to three. Uh, that goes up until about you hit eight when it goes up to one to eight. But it still means that if you have 15 children spread across zero to 11 years old, quite quickly, you will end up with teams of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. And quite quickly, you'll end up with someone leading a team. I think that's not very well understood so often churches find the person to lead a children's work based on can that person do admin or does that person like children and often very quickly the critical skill you need is how to lead a team, recruit a team, encourage a team, train a team. So we're trying to help those people do those things.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, I, I'm i interested to hear you say, however, that you don't think the critical skill is teaching the Bible.
1: Uh, I. I think the critical skill would, t- would be to train others how to teach the Bible. So I-, I think what I'm saying is if you recruit your best Sunday school teacher to lead your children's work, they and you will be disappointed that they, they are teaching the Bible to very few children very quickly.
0: Okay. I think that's interesting. I think that's often the case, isn't it? And I mean, particularly in children's ministry for the reasons you said about large teams. But actually in a lot of ministries we end up taking the people who are really good at doing the thing out of that role um, instead of actually freeing them up to do that as much as possible and seeing the different skills that are needed for the leader and 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 on the ground it's maybe it's a bit like that thing you get in in work don't you where people are always promoted one level above the thing that they're really good at and 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 we don't want to be doing that in our church do we we want the person who actually like you say is is good at the admin good at recruiting others good at motivating and training and keeping others to do that and that might not be the same person who's absolutely brilliant at explaining stuff to the three-year-old yeah um and recognize those gifts
1: and I, uh, I don't, uh, I do think there is a tendency for children's and youth workers to have a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder about working in an undervalued ministry. I don't, I don't have that chip on my shoulder. Where I've worked, it's always been greatly valued. I, I would say that my experience is, is that perhaps people step forward into children's ministry less than some other ministries. And there are good reasons for that. If you're a primary school teacher, you probably don't want to be in a room with children on a Sunday. If you're a parent, you could argue you don't want to be in a room with children on a Sunday. Um, So I would say that your thinking is surely right, which is those with the gifts serve according to their gifts. I think it it is also though, the reason you could argue why I'm trying to train people is there, there doesn't seem to be a great match at the moment in children's work. Those exactly as we've just discussed those people who might be gifted to teach the bible or care for children are finding themselves training others and often they lack the confidence or skills to do that
0: yeah it's very interesting isn't it i think also maybe something um that we do is is not help people to see what gifts they have um you know, and maybe people think it needs more specialist gifts than they have. And I'm quite fond of of saying to people, you don't need to feel like you've got a special spiritual gift to be on the tea and coffee rotor, because I basically don't think you do. I think most of us can do that. And I don't know whether the same is quite true with children's work. I mean, you know, I I have done some children's work in the past, and I'm not good at it. And I was on a a creche rotor once, and I was only on it once and then they just took me off without even asking. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think it's I don't think I'm saying everybody can do this. But actually, probably more people could do it than think they can. You know, and, and we don't need it to be saying you have to be a primary school teacher. You don't have to be someone with particular yeah. expertise.
1: Uh, I would I think I would I have been stronger than that. In my ministry, in that I have normally looked for those people who currently aren't teaching the Bible, probably because they lack confidence, but they are godly and they are servant hearted. And I have gone after those people because I do think children's ministry is a is a great place to learn how to teach the Bible so i i think i would even say i never ask someone do you think you're gifted in children's ministry because they probably would have come forward already i go to the people and, and i and i try to i try to tell them uh, that this is bible ministry this is helping children build their worldviews that jesus christ is lord and i try to persuade them that this is i actually say will you give me three weeks will you sit with the children and I'll give you a role to play. Particularly, I'll put you in a small group at the end of the session for five or 10 minutes, I'll give you four questions. And And my experience is, is after three weeks of that with the same children each week, they come and say, it is amazing, the answers I'm getting, the children's desire to p- pray, I see them learning, uh, and I see them responding to the Bible teaching.
0: Brilliant. And I guess after three weeks, you'd know, if it just wasn't your thing at all. Um, Cause you know, I, d- I do think there are people who are not seated to that, but, yeah. but I, I, I think you're right. I think most people, yeah. you know, give them that, give them the, that support and those tools yeah. and, and that sort of time limited thing and say, let's try could do that. I do want to to pick you up though. You said about children's ministry being a great place to learn. And, yeah. and I think that's right. I mean, I think all ministry is a great place to learn. But I do worry that sometimes that translates into a view that says children's ministry is the easy bit and you you um, grow out of that or somehow you graduate from that to doing ministry among adults. And that's where it's really at. And I think one of the things you mentioned about, you know, being there and seeing the kind of questions that kids ask and and the things they talk about, I think often that's the hardest place to be. If you've got a kid asking you some really profound doctrinal question, which they mm. do, because they don't know that that's a difficult question to ask. They just ask everything. Yes. And you've then suddenly got to try and answer that on the spot in a way that a five-year-old can understand. That is that is not a beginner skill.
1: No, no. And I, I am an advocate for training properly particularly amongst those who are training others I would I would just say is it is it is it an oversimplification to say all Christians somewhere should be involved in teaching the Bible if only with their best friend on a Monday afternoon with a coffee and if all Christians can be involved in teaching the Bible then Anyone you open the Bible to is a potential awful question that you can't answer, but equally the chance to open the Bible is the chance to see the miracle of God at work in a way that that you probably won't see in any other part of your life. So if we take it as a given that we want everyone to be opening the Bible with other people they love, then I'm saying, If that's your starting point, then children is a great place to because they don't say at the end, you really stuffed that up. Uh, And they do lie down when you're being boring. So you have to do something about that. And it is a sort of brutal mechanism of training that allows you to get better quickly and to understand what is it to find the one simple big idea what is it to work out how that one simple big idea from this Bible story impacts their everyday life? That those simple skills. So I, I and I'm I'm clearly not. I I think I'm I'm I'd like to think I'm a huge advocate for saying to people because this is real ministry where the Bible is open where lives are changed eternally. I would love some of you to be doing this for the rest of your lives, but but I'm also saying that, that issue of ratios I think means. The person in charge of children's ministry is normally having to recruit the most number of people. So if we're starting, if we need the most number of people of any team in our church, then presumably we have to be good at training them how to take those first steps in Bible teaching to identify who's going to do it longer, to identify who needs greater training.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think that's right. And I'm not saying people shouldn't start there. I just think um, sometimes that, that gets said in a way that makes people think, that's only for beginners or that it, you know, that somehow that, that is the, the kind of easy option. And and I don't think it is. I do think- No,
1: we at Faith and Kids wants to, want to train up those leaders to play a part in sending them for further training. Uh, and I, I think I certainly want to say we need to raise the bar of the training of our Sunday school leaders. If your Sunday, If you want to talk to the Sunday school teachers in your church and ask them, when were they last trained? When were they last encouraged? When were they last given a deep conviction that theirs is a valuable ministry growing the kingdom eternally? My experience is too many, say,
0: years. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's right. And um, on which note, um, I definitely want to encourage people, if, you, if you're a woman uh, involved in children's ministry, or Sunday school ministry, um, to think about something like the Priscilla program as a way of getting some of that mm. training, um, training in Bible handling, but also in doctrine. Um, and evangelism and other things we don't have a specific children's module um, but i'm hoping in our pastoral care module we will have some lectures that will be specific to thinking about how we apply that in children's and youth ministries
1: and i i want to say that shouldn't be the barrier to people not doing it in that in that the greatest barrier probably to the confidence to teach children the bible is those general skills that you're offering at the priscilla program is it that module when you get, get round to it on what is children's ministry? I, I think most people who, who are with children probably get those issues much more quickly.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and I think that's right. Those kinds of things. And there are things that are really important for people to know about, about safeguarding and, and all of those sorts of issues that we need to make sure we are taking care of our children in church really well, um, as well as teaching the Bible. But but as you say, I think those, those kind of skills are more often talked about and people pick up in different ways and there's other kinds of training. Um, you talked about parents. So we've talked quite a lot about children's workers and Sunday school teachers and so on. What mm-hmm. are, what are you hoping for parents to be able to do better or be better equipped
1: for? Uh, I think it um, it's a common myth that I suffered from that I believed the moment the Lord puts a child in your arms is the moment you have understood how to spiritually raise a child. It came as an enormous shock to me. No, it didn't happen. No one handed me the USB to stick in my ear. Uh, no one handed me the manual and they allowed me out of hospital without any idea what we were doing. It's terrifying. And, um, and at the moment you realize you can't work out if you should mention it to a doctor or never mention it to anyone ever again. Uh, I think I think most parents uh, are very clear that they don't entirely know how to raise a child to know Jesus. To yeah, well, it's generally, but in particular, to know something of Jesus Christ, to to know how the gospel applies to everyday life. How you know when your child is in tears or when your child is leaping around with joy? What is there of Jesus Christ to say in that situation? To say He's the Creator. He's running this. He knows what He's doing. He knows what. He knows every detail of your life and he, he can help. Uh, so I, I think confidence is part of it. We want to produce materials. We have a book coming out in January called The Wonder of Easter, which is family devotions for Easter. Ten minute devotions, opening the Bible with your children between the ages of three and 18, quickly, simply with a bit of fun. Uh, And I think Easter, Christmas are probably the opportunities. Some parents might have a go at it.
0: One thing I I kind of quite often say to parents and and feel like I want parents to realise is your children (laughs) have no idea how to be a parent. You know, they're not looking at you and saying, well, you're not matching up to, you know, what parents should be like. You're the only parents they've got. And so you're the only way they know how it happens. So there's a lot of freedom to actually set how you want things to happen in your family and in your household, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that that you, you just have a plan and then everything follows swimmingly. But if you suddenly decide, actually, we're going to start praying together at breakfast, your your kids don't think that's weird because they don't know any different, you know. Or if you decide, actually, at the end of dinner, we're always going to open the Bible together and and read a little bit together, or whatever it is, you know, they they will just assume that's what everybody does.
1: I think that is particularly true when your children are young. You know, when your children are under five, every day is a new routine opportunity. Uh, I think when your children are five to eight, I think it, it's still just about the case. Uh, and I, I think over eight, you're absolutely right. It is still the, uh, the and as your children become teenagers and they start to realise you don't know what you're doing, there's a new opportunity to say, let's try something new because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, that is all true. There are some barriers. There are some barriers that I understand why it's so difficult. Busy lives is one. I I also think there is, there is a sort of um, accumulated guilt that probably is true of all of our sort of personal spiritual lives, which is my history of being hopeless in this spiritual area of my life is such. I'm reluctant to try again.
0: Yes. And also slightly reluctant to put myself in the position of leading somebody else in this in case it makes me a hypocrite.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. or And leading, I think, inherently requires more confidence than doing it on your own in a darkened room where no one else sees your failure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but nonetheless, parents do get to, to be parents.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's a positive that, I, you know, that last five minutes was wholly sad and guilt ridden. The, the alternative is. You, this is an adventure. What an incredible idea that the Lord of the universe would choose to give his image bearers to you to raise, build a framework, learn to make wise decisions, learn who their creator is, learn who has died to redeem them. You know, what an adventure. And you get to do that by running over hills in the countryside and, and doing roly polies down hills and uh, or everything else that a parent does. You know, you, you do want to say, I don't believe most parents have a greater adventure in life than raising their children.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if part of that is raising them to know the Lord, how amazing.
1: How, how much better? It, there, is, there is no better way for them to live. Their life, their life will be without so many pains and disasters if they know Jesus Christ from the beginning. And I, I think we're slow to say that. You know, if, if you, you look at the friend you last cried with who isn't a Christian and you think to yourself, what would you have given for that friend to have been sat on someone's knee aged five and been told something more of Jesus Christ? So there was that backstory somewhere that there is someone good in charge who has words to say of comfort and relief. Uh, I uh, It is to tell our children of Jesus Christ is to give them a framework that their maker's instructions to cope with what life has. It still hurts, but they'll have answers for the rest of their days and they'll have answers for all of their friends.
0: Wonderful. Um, I think that's probably a great place to start. Thank you so much, Ed. It's really great to talk to someone who's just so passionate about what they do, um, and about something so important. Um, if people want to find, um, uh, the faith in kids stuff there's a website
1: there is faithinkids.org.org that that's the same thing that's what they do in desiring god if you have if you listen to their sermons desiringgod.org so it's like that but faith in kids
0: and um you also run um training events
1: I do they we are, we are all over the country. You can find them on the same web page, but we run termly days in Exeter, London, Hull, Cardiff and Birmingham.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. So um, I hope there will be one of those that uh, is near enough for you and for uh, people in your church who are involved in children's ministry and all of those people that you will now be eyeing up saying you need to come and try out children's ministry in our church. Thanks so much for talking to us, Ed.
1: Pleasure. If
0: you've enjoyed this episode of the Church Society podcast, I have a couple of other things to recommend to you. You might enjoy last week's episode uh, if you haven't already listened to that, uh, which includes excerpts from Mel Lacey's presentation at this year's Jake conference. She's talking about pastoring young people in the parish. Uh, If you've enjoyed that episode or this one, please do think about sending them uh, to the people involved in youth and children's ministry in your church. You might also want to pick up a copy of the latest edition of Crossway, the magazine from Church Society, which features a number of articles on schools, ministry and uh, working with children uh, in the church context as well. Uh, If you're not already a subscriber to Crossway, you can purchase individual copies uh, from our website or indeed you can subscribe uh, to that. If you're a member of Church Society, you'll receive a copy of Crossway as part of your subscription next week on the podcast i'll be talking to amanda robbie for our monthly book review session and this month we've been reading chris latest book faithism if you'd like to read along please do and please do let us know what you thought of the book if you have any comments or questions about that you can always follow us on twitter at church society on our facebook page or you can email me ros at ChurchSociety.org. Thanks so much for listening and do tune in again next week.